You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm a natural born salesman. Excuse me. Hey, do I come to the hag shop bother you when you're working? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. I'm almost ashamed to say it, but I got done with the office again. I went to start over, and I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm kind of burned out on this whole thing. So that can only mean one thing. i got to start married with children again. So that's what I did. It's just... It's such a good show. So refreshing. All the whining and complaining and offense and I'm hurt and I'm sad. And you watch that show and it's just everybody's just mean. All the time. And nobody cares. It's the world I live in. I love it. If you are a younger person and you feel lost in this world that we live in, go check out Married with Children or Sanford and Son or All in the Family. TV back in the day used to be kind of awesome. It's not allowed to be awesome anymore, but it used to be pretty awesome. Anyways, um, I already spent too much time on the Pat Mahomes thing, but one little extra detail in his contract. There are a lot of people that are saying, well, you're wrong about the guarantees. He actually has like 400 some dollars in guarantees or whatever. Here's my thought on guarantees. A guarantee with a caveat is not a guarantee. Now, Definitely need to clarify because it makes this much more difficult for the Chiefs to get out. And suddenly, what I mentioned before, depending on the structure, it tips one way or the other. It tipped from beneficial to the Chiefs to beneficial to Pat Mahomes. It's this thing that they're referring to as guarantee mechanisms. And basically what that means is there are dates, and I I didn't know that you could do this, um, learn something new about contracts every day. These roster bonuses, which I mentioned are where he gets all his money, apparently go into effect two years in advance. Meaning right now, which is why I said after three years the guarantees more or less go away, the um, roster bonuses for 2021 and 2022 are already guaranteed. Next year, in 2021, if he is still on the roster by March 20th, which he will be, I mean, assuming there's no catastrophic injury, 2023 becomes fully guaranteed, which means the $34.4 million roster bonus gets added into the guarantee column, meaning it's no longer $4 million to cut him, it is $38 million to cut him. So that the issue comes in that if and when the time comes to move on from Pat Mahomes, it's not that the Chiefs can't do it, it's just that it becomes extremely expensive. And so, for example, if in 2021, let's just say hypothetically after that, He's halfway through the season, you realize that he's just not a good quarterback anymore. He just doesn't know how to throw the ball. You know, maybe he got kicked in the head by a horse, and he just he, he can't quite figure out the mechanics of throwing a football anymore. If they wanted to cut him, you would have 2022 and 2023 to pay for. And you would have to cut him prior to March 20th on 2022. Otherwise, 2024 becomes guaranteed. But then they would have to take a $35.4 million cap hit and then an additional um, $38 million cap hit for 2023. So you'd have those two big cap hit. So it's going to be very uncomfortable. It's, it's similar to, so, so basically, and again, these aren't guarantees because if he gets hurt, 
he doesn't get most of his money. The only actual guarantees are money that he's guaranteed. Now, they again, they become guarantees at a certain point, but it's, it's not that different from what I said. It's, it's a guarantee as long as he's still on the team, which is not a guarantee. Technically, your base salary is guaranteed, right? Well, it's guaranteed so long as you finish the season. Well, okay. <laughs> Duh. And I'm guaranteed to win the lottery if I, you know, just get the numbers right. But that does make it more complicated for the Chiefs to get out of this. Meaning, the only way he's probably not going to get most of this money, or a lot of this money, is through injury. Now, as time goes on, when he gets to 30, 31, whatever, and who knows, maybe, you know, as lo- again, as long as he continues to play well, he might just get all of this. But the bigger issue comes in, there's still probably going to be a time, because it's only two years. That makes it hard for the Chiefs to initiate this and say, hey, look, I, I want to cut you. But it's still to a point where he's on dicey territory, because he's only guaranteed his next two years. And if by 30 or 31, suddenly Pat Mahomes, and I, I know it seems impossible because he's, you know, for two years, he's been very dominant, but anybody that's been watching football kind of knows that things can change kind of quickly. You know, Andrew Luck just started getting injuries, and it's like he just couldn't rebound from that. I, I would assume he's going to want some more guarantees. Maybe not for a very long time. Maybe it's going to be 2026, 2027 before he's looking at it going, you know, I, I want to try to lock up a little bit more than, um, you know, a year or two of guarantees. And the thing is that the two years out thing kind of goes by the wayside after, let's see, by 2024, it's just 2025 that kicks in. Still makes it uncomfortable for the Chiefs, but it's not two years anymore. So now you've got one year of security. So already it's kind of like, And again, it's not 2027 until you get to that $60 million situation. But anyways, I just wanted to clarify that again. Don't want to spend all my time talking about Pat Mahomes. And it's an interesting tidbit for anyone interested in the salary cap, because again, I didn't know that that was a thing. I knew usually around March you get your roster bonus, whatever. I didn't know you could do that a year or two in advance. That's that's kind of crazy. I guess you can probably do whatever you want. Still just kind of weird. Anywho, big bad shout out to William for jumping in on Patreon. Really, really do appreciate that. Definitely helps me to continue to wake up this early drinking cold instant coffee. I literally just woke up this morning and was like, man, is is it really worth this? <laughs> I mean, there isn't much of a financial incentive in the offseason. You could just take the offseason off, man. I'm so tired. But it's largely the uh, the obligation I feel to the uh, Patreon community. And obviously the people in the Facebook group would be very disappointed in me. And I would hate to let them down. So, again, if you want to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Make sure you get in the podcast Facebook group and like the Facebook page. If you wouldn't mind, if you like the show, leaving a five-star iTunes review, you could also do that on Stitcher. Otherwise, you know, invite some friends over to the podcast group, the Facebook group, whatever it is. Tell your family about the podcast if, if they're podcast listeners or if they're not. There are people out there that still don't really know how podcasts work. There's your opportunity. You show them how they work. You download a podcast player on their phone. Just slide my podcast in there. Bingo, bango, bongo. They won't even know. That's how you get them. Let me handle the indoctrination. Ends justify the means, man. That's what I've heard. Any hoozle. Let's take a real quick break. Probably, I don't know, if there is one. And um, I'll try to not spend a lot of time on bad news, but that's kind of what's coming up next. So we'll be right back. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. 
No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So as you may or may not have seen over Twitter, the NFLPA, the Players Union, um, J.C. Treader, who is now the, I guess, what is it, not president, but whatever, he's he's the, the lead dog as far as the players' representatives, they are now in a heated battle with the NFL, which is an additional hurdle for the NFL to bring us a season. We have this pandemic. With that comes hurdles, several of them. There is the hurdle of the government shutting it all down, which I have just now recently learned, the government can basically do whatever they want. And if a, I don't know, mayor or governor says, nah, no football, guess what? There's no football. Not necessarily, you know, across the country, but in that city. Just, no, we're not going to let you do that. Then that's just a thing. Somewhat unlikely, but who knows what's going to happen. Everything, stuff's crazy. Things just pop up out of nowhere and become our new reality just like that. Unfortunately, the murder hornet thing just kind of dissipated, but, you know, you never know what's around the corner. Just stuff is just lurking out there, and you know it is. There is the issue of players getting the sickness, meaning during the season, we're just assuming there is one, um, a player gets sick and he's out two weeks. So you're going to have issues in which, as I mentioned before, the entire season is going to be a giant asterisk. If there is a season, whatever it is, There's no way that there isn't an asterisk next to it. And the bigger issue is going to come into play in the playoffs. If you have a situation where Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or whoever, these key contributors, get coronavirus in the playoffs and they end up getting booted out of the playoffs because their backup quarterback can't quite cut it, or if Jordan Love has to come in or whatever, that's going to be massively problematic. There is the issue of, as I mentioned, hysteria. I don't think all things should be considered equal. There are certain things that are really terrible. There are other things that are not that big of a deal. If somebody gets coronavirus, like Ezekiel Elliott, who is asymptomatic, who apparently just is being tested all the time, and they're like, hey, you got it. And he's like, are you serious? I don't notice anything. That's not a big deal. We made it a big deal. We didn't need to. But that's sort of the problem. If people, if, if, if after, let's say we have no preseason, which seems like that may be the case, because that's what the, uh, the union now wants, which, again, we'll get to as an additional hurdle. If we have week one, and after week one we find out 10, 11, 15 players have coronavirus, regardless of whether or not any of them have symptoms, just the, by, by virtue of the fact that we have hundreds and hundreds of people that are all being tested every single day, and we find out that 10 of them, which is a very small percentage, have coronavirus, there's a real good chance, regardless of the actual severity of it, this is going to cause an absolute firestorm. Fans and everyone else are going to freak out, say the NFL is irresponsible. The players are going to freak out and say, how dare you put me in this situation? This is horrible. And then the NFL has no choice but to shut it down. So hysteria is a potential problem because we go from zero to 100 in this country really fast. Things just blow up. 
and it becomes this feedback loop where some people panic, and that causes other people to panic, and then the news media catches it, and they start freaking out and blasting it 24-7, and ESPN plays it 24-7, and then the commentators talk about it, and then players regurgitate what they hear from the commentators, and blah, 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 and then it's over. The season's done. Because 10 people with no symptoms got coronavirus, and they're going to be fine. Very possible thing that's going to happen. And now we have players who are battling the owners because we have this whole us-versus-them mentality, which is kind of annoying. We have players now asking for additional concessions, and some of it you understand, like, look, we got to do this and we got to do that, but some of it just seems somewhat unreasonable, right? You've got owners and stuff talking about, you know, there's going to be no money, so everybody's going to have to take a haircut on this. And the players are like, uh, no, we should be getting a pay raise for this. Like, oh, gee, we're not, we're not going to have a season. We're not going to have a season if you can't be halfway reasonable about this. I'm sorry, but here's the situation. When the league makes more money, you make more money. When the league makes less money, you don't keep making more money. Especially when you're part of the reason that we're driving this thing into less and less revenue and then you demand a, a, a an additional pay increase. Now granted, that's not an official stance by the players' union, but this is what players are saying. How dare you expect us to take some kind of a concession on this? You can't have it both ways. You want a reduced season, no fans, all these additional precautions and expenses with a massive decrease in revenue and don't expect any financial repercussions from that. I, I You know, at best, you're not going to see any financial repercussions. You're certainly not getting anything better. And again, a lot of the concessions that the players want aren't even coronavirus related. It's about the potential injuries and the fact that we can't get together. Therefore, we need additional time to get our bodies ready, which is fine. But we want additional time together, but not too much time together because of the exposure and everything else. It just Again, the NFL is just in an impossible position. And as much as I appreciate the fact that the NFL is determined to have a season, there's just so much now that is entirely out of their control. And again, I don't know why people get mad about this. I, I still have not, I, I know people just freak out and get mad at me, but I haven't heard a single explanation as to what I'm missing here. The idea that we need to hide from this virus so that we can have an NFL season. How in the world does that make sense to you? My biggest concern is that 99.9% of football players have never had this virus. Meaning, when they all come out to play, they're all susceptible to this virus. Meaning, this season is just done. Because dozens of these guys are going to get the virus at, at once. The point is, you can't hide from it so that someday we can just make an arbitrary blow open the gates date and it's not going to have a negative repercussion. We, we see that with an increase in cases now. We all hid from the virus, and then we opened the door, and then there's a spike. You're saying we should have kept hiding so that we can open the doors during the football season. What are you talking about? So that we can have a spike during the football season, and then there's definitely not a football season? Where does this logic come from? I'm not even proposing a solution. I just want someone to explain to me what the heck you're talking about. Well, I'm not going to have a football season now because nobody's wearing a mask and social distancing. I, I just, I don't understand how slowing the spread makes it disappear faster. It makes it disappear slower. It makes this last longer. Maybe it's necessary. Fine. I'm not saying it's not necessary. I just, I want people to stop saying that because it's making me insane because not one person can explain how that makes any sense. And if you have an answer, don't come to me and say I hurt your feelings because I don't care. Give me an explanation. What does that mean? But whatever. It's, it's not going to change anything. This is the protocol. The, the, the concern I have again to reiterate why I brought this up, is that if I'm correct, and I'm sure other players have got it, they just haven't been caught, although I do think they're being tested pretty regularly, 
the fact that the NFL the NFL is basically like an untouched city. These NFL football players are are like a really really dry forest. And if the coronavirus gets in there, it's like starting a fire in a really really dry forest and it's going to spread like wildfire really 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 fast and the season is done. Again, if there's if there's a flaw in my logic here, please let me know. But the idea of hiding until the NFL season and then opening the floodgates, 100,000% the season is not going to survive that. That seems to be the way we're going with this. Let's lock everything down until the football season and then unlock things so that we can go to football games, which just... Oh, I don't know, man. And it's such a prevalent thought on, on social media that it's it, it makes me feel like I'm crazy. But it's, it's the most straightforward, simplistic thing in the world. I just I don't know how people say those words and, and feel as though they're saying something that makes sense. Which is it, my daily reminder you, to you to, to not just regurgitate nonsense, but actually think about the words coming out of your mouth. I'm not going to be able to go to a football season because people don't wear a mat, blah, 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 blah. No, sorry, that's not the case. There's only two ways we all get to go to football games. Number one a vaccine. Number two, the virus burns through the country and kind of burns itself out a little bit, kind of like we're seeing in New York. It ravaged New York, and now the numbers just continue to plummet. Despite there being spikes in certain areas, New York is not one of them. The only two ways you get to go to a football game, locking down and then opening back up, 100,000%, there will be no NFL football season if that's the plan. I didn't want to go here, but I, I just, I can't help it because it's, it's the, the, it's going to ruin the season because people are too, oh, they're too caught up in regurgitating stuff that doesn't make sense than actually thinking about how can we have an NFL season. The only way we have an NFL season by locking things down is to continue to lock things down through the NFL season. If we're going to force this thing down real low, we got to force it all the way through February. No fans. Football players basically, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're tackling each other. I don't know. I don't know how you don't, I don't know what you do. We'd have to basically quarantine players away from the, the from society, which is just not going to happen. You can't keep it out. Unless we're going to put them like on jury duty where, I mean, you can't see your family. You got to stay locked up in a hotel. It just, it doesn't, it, I don't know. It's upsetting because the more I look at it, it's just, I don't know how this is possible. The, again, the only hope that I have is the fact that this virus burns itself out. Despite the fact that everyone's fighting so hard against that, and I'm not against regional lockdowns if hospitals become overwhelmed, because that's always been the goal, at least for me. I know some people take it other places for some reason. That's fine. But let's get this thing burned out and get out of here. Quit playing with this thing. And on that front, there is some good news, and I know some of you are going to be more offended by good news than anything. But apparently the death rate is so low at this point that the CDC is on the border of declaring this no longer a pandemic so hopefully that trend continues we'll see what happens obviously again there's been recent spikes across the country if that ends up picking up as far as the death rate is concerned then that's that fairy tale is done with but whatever again this is just information if you can't handle information without being upset and having a little conniption fit you got bigger problems than the packernet podcast go google information show me where i'm wrong about anything i've said I've had a lot of people cry to me that they don't like what I've said. Not one person has ever corrected me about anything that I've said. But anyways, um, I don't know. We, we Supposedly, I don't know. I don't follow it. I don't care. Even during a pandemic, I don't think I can watch it. But supposedly, baseball's coming back. So it's beneficial that we'll at least be able to watch 
I don't mean watch physically, because why would you do that? But we'll be able to watch from afar kind of how that all works out. Can they make it work? You know, does the virus spread? Are they going to have any fans? How are they going to manage? You know, whatever. If they start the season and within a week or two shut it down, I'm just going to cry. Because that's <laughs> that's what I'm envisioning happening in the NFL. And seeing it happen in the MLB is going to be just gut-wrenching. But if they can make it through, if they can navigate and make this work, and there's no catastrophes, and everybody seems to be doing okay, and it doesn't spread through the players like wildfire, maybe you get one or two and they quarantine and it's no big deal. It'll give me hope. But again, at the very least, 100,000% there's going to be an asterisk next to this season. It's just a question of how big. And that's if there is a season. Because again, it's now being, um, it was voted on unanimously by the union that we don't want a preseason. And again, it's not even so much the coronavirus. They're talking about the uptake in injuries as a result of not being able to come practice. And they're saying, why should we play preseason games with a heightened risk of injury for games that don't matter? Now, the question I have, not that it matters because the union has now spoken, but if we were to pull the players that are not determined, not, you know, the guys that are fighting for a roster spot and ask them, how would you, would you be willing to play for, uh, in the preseason? I'm guessing it would almost be unanimous. Yes, I would. Guys like Jake Kumaro are not going to say, no, I'm worried about injury. He's about to lose his job and his career. That man is, he's uh, on the bubble. He is outside of the bubble. He's getting old. I'm willing to bet he would love to have a preseason. But again, guys like Kumaro don't have a voice in, you know, that kind of stuff. They're represented technically, but it's not like he cast a vote. But whatever, I'm sure the NFL will concede that, or at least I'm guessing they will. I don't know, and we'll see how far the concessions go. And again, there's there's other battles as far as finances, as far as how much we play, when we play, how we play. And the, uh, the NFLPA, not that they don't have legitimate grievances, but... Um, as unions tend to do, they, they like to push really hard. And this is just not a great time to be getting pushy because it's the, the NFL is just not in a position to be making concessions right now. They're, they're hanging on by a thread. It was like when I used to work for the airlines and I was in a union forcibly, and they were constantly talking about going on strike. You know why we never went on strike? Because the airlines are hanging on by a thread. They had nothing to offer us. So it was just posturing. I was paying people to, to yell at me about how bad the employer was. There was no strike. The airline was already on the verge of bankruptcy. What are they going to do? There's, there's not money, many concessions to be had, is my point. But again, on the positive side, we all think we know stuff and then things just change. Nothing really goes the way that we think it's going to go. We have had viruses in the past. I, I still don't know. Again, I'm not an epidemiologist. If you got information for me, give it to me. The reason I've held the same opinion that I've had for a long time is that nobody's presented me with new information that changes my mind. But I still can't explain to this day why the other coronaviruses and things just kind of went away. Because what I've heard is that it's just going to run through everybody. But th- that didn't. I don't think. As far as I know, I never got the other one. I don't think that one's stuck around forever. And if it, I, I just, I, I don't understand how that went away. How it just, a lot of these things just suddenly disappeared one day. I don't think that's expected for this. But again, football's technically a long way away. It doesn't feel like it is, but think how much has changed on a month-to-month basis. Things get crazy quick. Now, they could be crazy worse. It could get crazy better. We don't know. That's why I don't like to dwell on this too much, because things can change so often. But since this is such a hot thing right now with the union and everything else kind of getting whipped up, I'll at least give you my thought that the prospect of there being an NFL season, as positive as I've been, is at an all-time low. Because it's just everything is just against. And, And again, some of it is reasonable. I'm not saying we should just do everything and not worry about it and let everybody go to the games. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is, 
whether reasonable or unreasonable, and there's a mix of both, it's all against the NFL season, and it's all very real. And the amount of things the NFL would need to navigate, again, most of which is out of their control, for there to be an NFL season is just, it's it's borderline insurmountable. Unless, again, there's some really good news, such as a vaccine or this thing just slowly petering out. I mean, just as an example, if you look at New York, I mean, what was it, March 15th, 16th is when it started, and it started declining around April 7th. So, I mean, as much as it felt like an eternity, and New York was a terrible situation, it was less than a month later it started going down, and it hasn't come back up since. We're seeing a lot of spikes, and it's scary, and it's terrible, but three weeks from today is like August 1st. It's not to say we'll never see another spike, but, you know, again, a lot can change relatively quick. Some places are having spikes, and by the way, that for, for New York, that was their first one. Places like Florida and Texas and Arizona and, and places that are suffering them now, they've been dealing with this for a long time. So the point is, I, I don't even know if it's going to be three weeks before you start to see it decline. Just be patient, is all I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I am making predictions, because why not? It seems to make sense to me. Of course I don't know, but that's the whole nature of the podcast. I say things, I have no idea. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get better. He might get worse. He might not play. I don't I don't know. I don't think Jordan Love is going to take over, but he might. And he might be awesome. He might be better than Rodgers. I don't know. I don't think he will be. It's just my opinion, which is based on just seeing a lot of other things, like other quarterbacks that have taken over and are not Aaron Rodgers, which is almost all of them. So it's an educated guess, but we'll see what happens. One thing I can tell you for sure is, uh, and I'm sure it won't matter to you because there are bigger issues in your life at that point, but I, I, I think the Packernet podcast is... Uh, probably going bye-bye if there's not an NFL season, at least until next season picks up, or at least until the draft, I guess, or free agency, or something interesting to talk about. I don't know, but we'll just get that out of the way now. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I've been battling this off season. I'm not doing another six months of off season, in case there was any question about that. Anyways, I'll be honest. I don't know how to pivot off of this into a f- more, you know, fun topic, and although we're only 25 minutes into this bad boy, I, uh, it's almost five o'clock here, so I got to get wrapped up pretty quick. So we'll we'll just let this be a bad day. It's not fun. It's not fun to say. It's not fun to hear. And I'm gonna have to deal with negative repercussions of people yelling at me and being sad about it and whatever. You know, these days pop up. It happens. But I'm not going to not talk about it, and I'm not going to not give my actual opinion on it because I'm scared of what people who get offended think. This is my genuine opinion on a very unfortunate matter, and because this happens to be my podcast, I can do whatever I want. But um, hopefully there isn't a bunch more news, because I don't even like talking about this junk. I like doing more fun things, but um, fortunately it is a mostly daily podcast. So again, we're going to cut it off here. We'll leave this one in the trash bin, and we'll come back tomorrow and talk about more fun stuff. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne 
Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.